Welcome inside episode 677 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Piller up in the Blue Mountains and it's another late game day for the Ottawa Senators. They're taking on the Vegas Golden Knights starting at 10 o'clock. We'll have a full preview of that game, and it's a Wednesday episode, so you know we got to send Central Citizen for you today. It's Cole Jackson. And it's all brought to you by Farm to Fork Delivery. Go to visit farmtoforkdelivery.ca to taste the Farm to Fork difference. It's the number two. That's why our promo code is Zoom15. To remind you, it's farm to forkdelivery.ca. You'll never go back to grocery store meats. This is the Locked On Senators podcast. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Tim Schützler, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators podcast. Thank you for making Locked On Senators your first listen on this Wednesday, November 23rd. The show is free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube, where the best way you can help the show grow is to subscribe to the Locked On Senators channel. The road to 5,000 continues, and you can leave a comment below as well. Will you be staying up for this 10 o'clock start Eastern time in the desert or are you just going to catch up with the postcast? Because you know we will be live following this game. Pilsy, I looked at the numbers and the eye test agrees. The Senators have not fared well in the lifetime of the Vegas Golden Knights head-to-head. No, absolutely not. Luck has not been on their side going up against Vegas. and uh, The house always I, has an advantage. Yeah, true. Yeah, the, the damn house always has an advantage. But it's okay because... My expectations are low in this game. I, it was a sad boy pillsy episode yesterday. I'm feeling much better now. Thank you to everyone that submitted pictures of their pets. Ross, great one of Alfie wagging his tail. He's a happy good boy alert. But you know what? Who cares if the Ottawa Senators win or lose this game? There, there he is right there. That's a good boy, Alfie. <laughs> Holly, Hall of Famer Alfie right there. Um, but yeah, I'm not expecting too much from this Vegas game, but uh, we'll, we'll get into keys to victory and uh, all our usual game preview stuff here. Let's start, though, with the call-up. Lassie Thompson yes. has been recalled by the Ottawa Senators, the 2019 first-round pick. Played a handful of games last year, a lot of them with Thomas Shabbat, who looks poised to return from injury. However, the call-up happened yesterday morning. So Lassie had to drive from Belleville to Toronto, fly direct, we hope, to Las Vegas. Do you think he's in the lineup? The Senators do not have a morning skate, so we won't know until warm-up. Uh, I, I don't know how his travel went, but regardless, I don't think he'll be in the lineup, Ross. It's his first NHL game of this year. He hasn't got time to practice with the team. DJ Smith, I doubt, would toss him in like that. I think we're going to see him play in the latter half of this road trip, especially with Thomas Shabbat now. It's not as urgent to just get a guy in to get a guy in. So I don't think he'll play tonight. But I do like this move because when the season's going like it is here and your defense is the biggest problem, you might as well bring the prospects up to play. I know I was the guy saying, let's let's hold on on bringing JBD and Lassie up. Let's see what this decor can do. Well, 
we've seen what this decor can do and it stinks. So you might as well try anything. And if you're going to try anything, your best options are JBD and Lassie Thompson. No ricochet shot at uh, Jacob Larson there, but it's just, it's just the truth here. And these games are already seemingly meaningless, Ross. So you might as well use them as developmental uh, prop ups for your, your first round picks of years past. Dude, it's November. Mm-hmm. So with Lassie Thompson in Belleville, he had a tough start. We were talking to our friend David Foote about it yeah. as well, but he had a game against Springfield where he was dash five. So that's going to that's gonna make your stat line pretty tough for, for the start of the year. But over the last little while, he's been much better. He's got a goal and four assists, six points in his last four games. Or sorry, five points, math guy, in his last four games. He's looking a lot better. Troy Mann was on TSN 1200, said he's really started to come along over the over the last while. So it's an earned call-up. And a reminder, I believe it was our friend Everyday Sends that tweeted this one out, that him and Thomas Shabbat paired together last year had an extremely positive impact when you look deep into the analytics um, here. So tonight it looks like Thomas Shabbat will be reunited with Artem Zub. But let's, for argument's sake, and again, we're recording on Wednesday morning. We do not know if Lassie's going to play tonight. In the game against Anaheim on Friday, would you put him back with Shabbat? Move everything around? Maybe Zub with Brantrum, Zub with Sanderson? Or are you looking to just kind of keep everyone up and then you just slide Thompson down on that third pair? No, I put Thompson uh, up there with Shabbat. Like, that's where JBD was playing for a bit. Like, I feel like the thing is, you got to find the partner for Thomas Shabbat. And I'm not convinced it's Artem Zub. For whatever reason, it just hasn't worked. And... I'd like to spread a little bit of that uh, talent around and have Zub. I, I would put Zub with Branny to try to maybe try to make a pair out of them. Because although Hamnick's not been great lately, Sanderson's been really good with him as a partner. So I wouldn't switch that up for Sanderson's sake. So that's how I would shake things out. And look, Lassie's coming up here. No point bringing Lassie up and having him play 12 minutes on the third pair. Unless you want to ease him in. I, I can see that argument. But ultimately, I would have him playing up with Shabbat. Because they gotta, they need to figure out if they have a partner for Shabbat internally. Or do they need to go out and find one externally through a trade or signing? Assuming that Zub could help Sanderson a lot more than Travis Hamannick is right now. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably go Thompson with Shabbat, Sanderson and Zub. And then you slide Hamannick down beside Brandstrom on that third pair. Now, not to get ahead of ourselves, because again, will Lassie play tonight or not? That's a question that will be answered sooner, uh, or sorry, closer to game time rather than right now. You can go to our YouTube Later channel. rather than sooner, Ross. You were going to say sooner rather than later, but I think it's going to be later rather yeah. than sooner. Well, later, later, how about the disrespect to take away a potential revenge game from Jacob Larson going up against Anaheim on Friday? The disrespect but certainly he didn't play himself into an extended role into the lineup. Looking at tonight's game, Vegas has won seven straight games up against Ottawa. They are 8-1-1 one, and one against Ottawa. The Senators won 8-1 and one against Vegas in the franchise's history. Of course, Vegas also took Ottawa's captain-to-be and made them their captain of now. We'll have a full game preview right after a quick word from some of our favorite sponsors and then... We've got a Send Central citizen. Cole Jackson will join us. But Pilsy, today's episode is brought to you by Farm to Fork, our new presenting sponsor, a local sponsor. And Ross, we are fired up about this sponsorship because, look, if you want to have the ultimate dinner, you got to start with good meat. That's where it all starts. And 
Why spend time going out and going to the grocery store? No, have premium meat delivered right to your door. That's the farm to fork delivery way. You got to check it out. Their meats are absolutely delicious. Check out all the five-star reviews on Google if you don't believe me. They're all natural, antibiotic, and hormone-free, and ethically raised. The meats are flash frozen after being prepared at the butcher's table, so you know they're fresh. Who knows how long that meat's been sitting there in the grocery store. You don't have to worry about that with farm to fork. That's for sure. And all the products are individually vacuum packed. So you only take out what you need for, for people that don't have a big family. If you're on your own, that's nice. You don't have to pull out a full five pack and then got to decide what to do with the rest of it. They make it easy for you. And speaking of making it easy, stay home, make a couple clicks at their website and you can have this meat delivered right to you. They got great steaks. They got ribeyes for Ross. They got sirloins for me and so many more cuts. If you want high-end steaks like Wagyu and Tomahawks, the three-pound ones, it is absolutely insane. Ross has pulled up the website. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see all the great things that they offer. They got chicken. They got seafood, wild-caught sockeye salmon from BC. You love that. So go to the website that you're seeing right now, farm2forkdelivery.ca, and use our promo code Zoop 15 for 15% off. And they also got some sweet Black Friday deals going on. So taste the farm to fork difference. You will never go back to grocery store meats. Today's episode is also brought to you by Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is something that Pilsy and I have been using over the last little while. And we want to tell you about how great it's been for our overall health. So Better gut health. I actually do feel a lot better. I got more energy and optimized immune system. I always hated taking vitamins and pills in the morning. It just feels strange to me. That's a personal thing. Won't Don't have to get into here. But what I do want to get into is what you're getting with one scoop, just one scoop of AG1. 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens starting my day right. I have it. I have a coffee. I call it one for the shot, one for the chaser. Away we go. This special blend of ingredients supports everything you need. So look at this. I say all the things. Let's go through it. Gut health, check. Nervous system, check. Immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. Don't I look younger over the last month? Now, at AG1, they know that sometimes the most difficult part is getting it. No, not with AG1. Right now, it's hard. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. One scoop in a cup of water, that's it. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. That's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your life and health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance that's athleticgreens.com slash nhl network you are listening to locked on senators i'm ross levitan alongside brandon pillar we've been getting a lot of notes in the dms asking how you can become a send central citizen well came to the right spot just shoot us a message in the dms i will say the lineup is long however we've had a couple who are like hey come back to me in a month or two maybe this team will start winning that's fine 
We have no requirements, but if you do want to be a Send Central citizen, I just want to let you know how you can do that. All right, let's get to this week's Send Central citizen. Here is Cole Jackson. All right, we now welcome on this week's Send Central citizen. It's Cole Jackson. You can follow him on Twitter at ColeJacksonFB. He's a Ravens fan, but you can follow him as well for all your send stock. First question, though, if everyone's watching on YouTube, where are we talking to you from? I'm out in Limoges, Ontario, uh, by way of downtown Ottawa, U Ottawa, um, and also grew up in Athens, Ontario, before going to high school in Brockville, Ontario. So a lot of Eastern Ontario uh, roots for me. Is any of that enemy territory, or were you mostly surrounded by Sens fans growing up? Uh, I mean, so I'm a 92 born, so I feel like there was, I grew up with a lot of Leafs fans, and I was kind of that last generation of people that grew up in eastern Ontario where their parents were all probably Leafs fans, and it kind of bled down to them. Uh, so I'm finding now you're you're running into more Sens fans because that was you know roughly around when they came back. Um, to Ottawa. So that's, uh, I mean, there were a lot of Leafs fans where I grew up. So what made you not join the, uh, the blue side and you're like, okay, I know there's Leafs fans everywhere, but there's a team in Ottawa. Now what fully cemented you as a Sens fan? You got to give the credit to my grandpa. He was a season ticket holder, um, nice. from when they opened and, uh, for a good long chunk. And then my uncle was a season ticket holder for a long time. So it just kind of, my dad was actually a Philly fan. Um, not sure why, but, uh, <laughs> it was mostly my grandpa that kind of kept it going with me. What's your earliest memory watching games with him? Oh goodness. All the way like Alexi Yashin days and, you know, going through some of the early, early startup struggles. Uh, but then like, you know, the, the glory years of the, you know, the 50 and 07. And so I was like, what, like 14 at that time. So, I mean, that was fun. And, uh, but I mean, one of the best memories was being 10 years old and going through the Sens Leafs rivalry. Um, unfortunately we couldn't get by him in the playoffs, but just like my minor hockey team, it was a nice split of Sens and Leafs fans. So it was always really competitive in the change room. We're all going at it. You know, you end up with helmets and gloves at the end of practice. And, <laughs> <laughs> and those regular season games, I know they don't matter as much, but it was beat down after beat down. You and I are the same age too. I'm a 92. So kind of the same uh, growing up where it's like, there's still some, but I mean, especially for me growing up downtown, it was like, I felt like there was a lot of Sens fans. I feel like our our generation, and it helped because as we were growing up, we kind of missed those early struggle years yeah. of not making it out of 10 wins, let alone the playoffs, where it was like, okay, now they're at the Corral Center. Everything's starting to look up. Alfie's helping lead these guys to playoff runs. So I think they would have been, we would have been five or six when they made the playoffs for the first time. And then until I was 20, it was just, Mark it on your calendar, mid-April. We're busy. We got playoffs. Yeah. How's it been for you over the last five years staying engaged, knowing that you don't have that light at the end of the tunnel every April? It, it was tough. Um, you know, obviously 2017 was – or 2016, whatever year it was, was like – it was 17. just such a fun run. Like that yeah. was it, – it kind of felt like I imagine Habs fans felt, you know, a couple of years ago where I don't think many people expected them to go on that type of run, but – they just played such good team hockey. And I, one of my, actually probably my best sense memory was uh, being there for Boston games, game five, 
when uh, Carlson just absolutely dominated that that game, and he, then Phaneuf scored the overtime goal. Like that was, you know, just being. I was up in the nosebleeds, but just being surrounded by Sens fans going absolutely mental. There's there's no better atmosphere than playoff hockey when you're actually in the arena. Um, but just the whole city felt different during that run. You know, I remember being downtown for. Um, like a, a beer pong tournament that was going on at Lansdowne. And it was the, that was the game Pajot had the hat trick against New York. Um, and then we went out after and like, everybody's just buzzing. Everybody's, you know, fired up. And that's, so going from that, then going through the five years of, you know, you saw the team turn over and I think everybody just kind of felt the inevitable, you know, Mark Stone leaving, Carlson leaving, uh, the the Uber the Uber storyline it was like we had the ticker going right like it was like three days since the last Sens disaster and then you know, <laughs> sure enough another one would come and another one would come so it was painful um, but you know they did a really good job of kind of restocking the cupboards drafting well getting guys like Brady that I think were exciting to kind of come up so it's been been a struggle to watch them lose games but watching the prospects that have really panned out has kind of been able to keep me involved and keep me watching let's stay in the warm nostalgia zone for a little longer before we head to the today's team Cole so you mentioned you were at that FNUF game that's one of my all-time favorite games ever so I'm very jealous you were at that game live to see that jump but FNUF probably jumped almost all the way into the nosebleeds you could have high-fived him with that leap there rumor says he actually skinned the jumbotron with his <laughs> i believe it that was one hell of a jump uh but what is your all-time favorite sends playoff series doesn't have to be just 2017 can be all time i'm actually gonna go with that boston series yeah, because that's mine too that was just where i think Carlson solidified himself that year as like a top three player in the league and then started getting the recognition around the league. I mean, we all knew it, but just the way he dominated it, it just was, it was special, right? It's something that you don't see from, uh, from a, a lot of players, even some of the great teams that they had in like the pizza line back in the day. And they were obviously special too, but it was different seeing what Carlson did in that series. And then watching the Rangers come out and specifically attack him in such a specific way, it was like, okay, everybody's kind of starting to really take notice. And I, I, I know he had a Norris by then and obviously was recognized around the league, but that, that series was just different. I like that answer. For me, I, it's tough not to go with with the 2013 Hab series, though, with the line brawl. The line brawl, yeah. It's also the last series that Alfie won with the Ottawa Senators. You got that storyline in there. But I, I like that answer, too, and I understand why, especially after losing game one in heartbreaking fashion. Who was it? Brad Marchand with two minutes left to, to win that game. And you're like, man, Ottawa outplayed them. They looked so good. And then they, I, I think it was two goals in the third period. I want to say they came into the third winning. Um, but yeah, to come back and then to go into Boston and Carl had the alley-oop pass from his own red line. One of the greatest plays ever. Yeah, that was mental. Four minutes into the first game in Boston. If you're a Bruins fan, you're like, all right, we're tied at one. Let's see what we got in this game. And Buddy throws a saucer. It actually hit Mars and then dropped back right on a Hoffman stick. He does the Forsberg finish. That's a, that's a real good series. Even even the double overtime loss in Game Five, where we got the Sean F and Corrali from the uh, the Bruins press box, it just kind of made it that much more special. Uh, I love it. And yeah, that 2017 run, man. It, I feel like a lot of Sens fans can hold on to that and be like, you know what? Even though it's been tough times, at least it's not like the Sabers where it's like you don't even you have to look back to like 06 when they beat Ottawa. 
I think that's their last playoff series win, if I'm not mistaken. So it's like at least we got that to to hang on to. But I like that. You know what we skipped over that I want to know, Cole, is uh, who were some of the early senators that made you fall in love with the team? I know you said like going to games with your grandpa really helped, but Alfie's an easy choice, but maybe some like unsung heroes that really kind of helped you feel connected with this group. I was definitely more into the physical side of the game. So like my Jersey that I wear every game is a Chris Neal Jersey. Um, I was a huge Brian McGratton fan. I followed him throughout his career after he left, um, was a huge fan of Matt Carpner when he was in town for a bit. Um, but going like way back in the day, I always loved Radic Bonk. He was one of my favorites. I actually have like this, uh, it must've been like a limited edition. Cause I don't think they would have been like selling these at the store, but it's like a, it's like a, it's like a straight up doll. Yeah. I have a doll, but it's like, it's got the Radic Bonk Jersey number 14 on it. So he was always one of my favorites. Um, you know, I, but more into like the third line grinders and forcer types. Those were always my kind of guys. Yeah. I feel like you would be an Anton Volchenkov uh, appreciator Love as well. Volchenkov. He fits into that mold, eh? Just hammered dudes. It was great. Yeah. Eating pucks for breakfast. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, the game's changed so much. It's, you know, hockey's just so different now. But, um, you know, I always try and appreciate some of the guys that kind of still play with that physical edge. Um, you know, other than... I know, I know Watson tries to bring it, but he seems to lose every yeah. fight he gets into. But, I, you know, I, I've really resonated with Kaslich. He, yes. he likes to give it and, and, and throw. And so even a guy like Tyler Mott that's just so, you know, physical and aggressive, it's just you have so much respect for those types of guys, even if he's a little bit, you know, smaller in stature. Do you make an exception to appreciate a top six guy when it's Brady Kachuk, what he brings in night in, night out? <laughs> He's just like the complete package, right? I was listening to uh, Matt's Chicklets interview and he said, you know, Brady's become kind of the best power forward in the game where, you know, he can he can score with the best of them. He can fight. He can do it. Like he's just the perfect captain that, you know, blue collar fans will resonate with, you know, the kind of guy that, you know, can light the lamp and then drop the mitts right after he scores the goal. It's just the true, I, I think that's, you know, it kind of goes back to the pesky Sens identity that they forged a while ago, but that was the exact type of mentality they had to have. So having Brady with the C on his jersey has to feel pretty good when you're going through these tough times too. Wait, Pilsy, a guy dropping the gloves right after scoring a goal? Who who would ever do that? <laughs> That's the Casty special. <laughs> that was sick last spring against uh, against the Montreal Canadiens with us boots on the ground. Cole, how many games are you able to get out to uh, now that you're a little, little out of the city? Are you able to get into to town a bit? So I usually try and get to, I mean, COVID's obviously messed it up and I have two daughters now. So that's also been a big hindrance. I actually was supposed to, they had like on, on Saturday against the devils, it was Sparty cat's birthday or whatever. So I was supposed to take my, my four-year-old to her first game, but she went through um, like a double ear infection and a little respiratory virus. So I had to end up selling the tickets, but I'm, so I'm really trying to get her out to the next afternoon game, but usually aiming for you know anywhere between five and ten games a year it's tough with with having uh like i have a six month old so right now it's it's tough with the baby but once she gets a little bit older it's a little easier to get out in the evenings yeah hopefully we got two up-and-coming sense fans uh with your daughters there so we gotta get it's uh it's jersey day at at her school so she's there in a sense jersey right now nice (laughs) love it love it um 
Oh, go, your, go ahead, Ross. I was going to ask what your favorite Sens jersey they've ever worn is. You're a guy who's seen seen it yeah. through all the way from the beginning. Do you have a favorite out of all the ones they've ever worn? Even like a one-timer you could throw in the mix. has to be the Sens. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think that one might be. See ya. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I actually like the uh, and I can't believe they didn't use it for the reverse retro. It's it's the it's the 3D logo with the the pattern on the sleeve. Um and I'm trying to find I don't the know. How to explain. Like the, yeah, like, it's like the old school, I like if you think Chris Neal jersey, it's the the away jersey he's wearing. Or the home jersey, sorry, the, the black one. So that they kind of use some of the design in the reverse retro they did. But I was like, why didn't you guys go right back to that? It would have been perfect. Yeah, I think I've got it here. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to pull it up right here. Let me know, Cole, that uh, that this is the one here. Chris Neal looks like such a tough bastard, too. But That's, that's exactly one. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so good. They need the gold. How would you have flipped it? Done like a white jersey and then just like basically flipped the white and black? I think they could have done red and done white on the sleeves and then use that gold design at the bottom of the jersey. Someone yeah. on Twitter had a mock-up of it, and I was it, it was that exact design, but they just redid the colors, and I was like, that would have been perfect. I, love I think it was the, the nicest Twitter design that I saw. For sure. The, the shoulder patches are awesome, too, because it's like the city, the country, and the team all together, right? You get the Sens colors, you get the Peace Tower in there, and the half of Maple Leaf, like... That, to me, is all time. I feel like they used to always wear it on the back of their helmets. And I think in recent years, that went uh, that went to the wayside. It was always the first one whenever there was like a decal, whether it was like to honor someone or this and that. It was always the first one to go. And I feel like maybe the equipment guys just lost the patches after a while because I haven't seen them in the last couple of years. But that one always stood out to me. I like that. And I love how, obviously, Pillsy, he had to bring it back to something Neeler would look good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was I was fired up about his jersey getting retired. I know some people question whether or not that made sense, and it's just I, I don't know. Like, first of all, who cares what people around the league thinks about your yeah. team retiring jerseys? It just doesn't matter. It's it's for your team, your organization. Um, but you know, he was a heart and soul guy for this team for you know felt like two decades. So it, it made a ton of sense to me when when the announcement was made and obviously keeping him in the community and the organization at such a pivotal time as they're going through some big ownership transitions. I think it made a ton of sense. Yeah. And who the hell is going to wear number 25? They'll get a piece of salmon on. The- <laughs> yeah, seriously. The, 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 <laughs> nobody would have the, the courage to wear number 25 after, after Neil dog for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Pillsy, what do you got? Uh, final question for me, Cole. And since we're on the topic of jerseys, and you mentioned you got you always rock your Neil jersey. If you're going to get a new jersey for the Ottawa Senators, which jersey is it going to be? Like what color, et cetera? And who's on the back? What name? I think I do the. I really like the white, the like the new two D white jersey. It just comes off really clean. And I think I'd go with Brady just because. And it's such a cheesy answer. It's not very fun, but. Um, he's just my kind of player. So it would be, I, I actually have the, uh, the O logo for the Mueller Jersey that I always wear. I, I spent up and got that one. So it's, it's like the, the red one you have in the back with the black one. Um, nice. so I, I love that design. If they didn't go back to 2d, I was hoping they went with the O design for their redesign. I'm glad they went back to 2d. Um, I think it's coming out really clean, but the, the white 2d just really pops to me. Cole, we appreciate you. I have a final question. It's the easiest question I'm ever going to ask anybody. How the hell do they fix this mess? Uh, I mean, 
I, I do this in football too. Like I, I follow the Ravens closely. I do film breakdowns and I'm usually the one that always is like, you can't just fire the coach and fix all your problems, but it does feel like they're running into it. Like I'm not sure some of their structural breakdowns is all talent based. It just seems like sometimes they're really lost. Right. So I, I mean, if, if, if DJ is not giving them the structure they need, and then the coaching issue that Ottawa's always had is, basically every coach they've ever had has never except Jacques has gone on to like be a head coach in the NHL. Right. So they just haven't been able to kind of spend up and, and hire an NHL caliber coach. And that seems to be probably the biggest issue. And I know everybody wants Barry Trotz. He's probably not going to come to Ottawa, but Barry's attitude and just kind of his reputation seems like it would really mesh with Brady Kachuk as being the captain. So it's unfortunate. Um, I'm not going to, hold my breath for that type of move but um and and you know even you know firing dj smith isn't going to just suddenly fix everything um they have some other issues we know the top four and they kind of the last thing on the summer pier checklist was that top four d seeing marino go to the devils was a huge kick in the in the sack for me anyway um so that was tough but uh you know i I, I do think it would make sense to to move on. But then again, like, who are they going to hire? So, Or who are they going to promote internally that's going to bring that type of structure? Yeah, my, my follow-up to that is if it isn't uh, Claude Julien or, um, or an Alain Vigneault, let's say they do go the direction of hiring. Uh, let's, say, let's say it's Troy Mann, for, for lack of a better term, because I feel like that. Would it make sense to do it right now, Cole, or would you just kind of – wait it out until at least new ownership's there and then they could kind of handpick their own guy. Cause I know everyone wants an experienced coach, but the experienced coach has to want to come here and in all likelihood they'll want a four year deal is new ownership going to want, they're already in negotiations. So, you know, they already have a bit of a say probably at the end of the day, commit to a four year deal with a head coach that they didn't pick. Well, that, that's the thing, right? It's, you know, firing DJ makes sense to everybody and everybody probably wants it, but they're going to hire an interim coach, right? They're not going to probably go hire an external guy. So is that interim guy the long-term answer? The answer is probably no. So as much as it might make sense for right now, but then it feels like we're just kind of, it's Groundhog Day, right? It's always like, well, you know, every, the kids are promising and they just need this and that. And then next year they could really go at it. Um, and then you start to feel like a Leafs fan. So it's, uh, you know, at some point we got to stop looking ahead and actually compete. So it's going to be a tough one. All right, Cole. Well, everyone can follow your YouTube account as well. Two guys watching football. And now we're watching hockey with you as well on Twitter at Cole Jackson FB. Always fun engaging with you there. We encourage everyone to go throw you a follow. Great getting to chat with you and getting to know you a little bit and look forward to doing this again in the future. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks a lot, fellas. Stick taps to Cole Jackson for joining us. Great conversation with him. Yeah, just a sports guy through and through, eh, Pilsy? Absolutely. I mean, he's a Ravens fan, so I, I don't exactly love that as a Bengals fan myself, but we'll give him a pass because he's a good sense fan as well. He certainly is. All right, full game day preview time, Pilsy. We've been putting this one off because, my goodness, the Vegas Golden Knights are B-A-C-K back after a struggle last year. They dealt with numerous injuries. Jack Eichel was just getting his feet wet, but we know that a way to get Jack Eichel going is putting him up 
against the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, he has the most points against any other team in his career up against your Ottawa Senators. So, yikes. Let's start with the Vegas Golden Knights, and we'll end off talking about the Ottawa Senators. A reminder, today's episode brought to you by Farm to Forks. We can put their nice little logo up there with the Vegas Golden Knights roster. Pills, you want to run through this? All right, so we got Chandler Stevenson with Jack Eichel and Mark Stone. Jonathan Marcheseau with William Carlson and Riley Smith. Then we got Cotter with former Sens legend Michael Amadio. The it's me, Amadio. Ah, Amadio. And they got Iron Man Phil Kessel. You got Carrier with Howden and Colasar. Then on the back end, you got Alec Martinez with Alex Petrangelo. Braden McNabb with Shea Theodore. And the bottom pair, Nick Haig and Zach Whitecloud for goalies. Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill. We are not sure who is going to start this game, though. Either way, though, it's not going to be an easy game. Look at their stats, man. Their goalies are stopping everything. Aiden Hill, their backup, has a 909 save percentage, but he's 5-1-1. Whereas Logan Thompson, maybe the coolest story in hockey right now, where a guy who is playing Canadian youth sports for Brock University, now three years later, is starting in the NHL. Yeah. And could be rookie of the year. He was undrafted out of the WHL with the Brandon Wheat Kings. And now look at him. I know he catches the wrong way, but it's still impressive. Definitely impressive. Yep. Who's your lookout player on this Vegas Golden Knights team? Uh, I will leave the obvious one for you. And I will take the second obvious one. I love watching Mark Stone play hockey. Like it sucks watching him in a different jersey other than Ottawa. But like that's... And... um, when Vegas acquired him, I forget who who said it, whoever their general manager was at the time. He, sim- he simply said, look, players like Mark Stone don't become available hardly ever. If he's available, you do what you get, what you can to get him, and you lock him up long-term. That's exactly what Vegas did. They traded for him. They locked him up long-term. They gave him the C. Perfect execution of what a hockey team should do. I love watching Mark Stone, so I will be looking out for Mark Stone. So I'm assuming you think I'm going with Jack Eichel. Yes. No. Ah! The Sens should be looking out for him, though, as you mentioned. He had a four-goal game against Ottawa back when he was with Buffalo. You know who else has scored more points against Ottawa than any other team in his career? And this isn't a career that has been short. Yeah, I don't know where you're going with this. Phil Kessel. Oh, true. Okay. Has 64 points against the Ottawa Senators. He doesn't even have 50 against any other team. Wow. Montreal. Montreal, he has 61, but okay. still not more. Yeah. Wow. Still not more than the Ottawa Senators. 27 goals and 64 points in 68 games against Ottawa. Obviously, a lot of that was back in his days with Toronto, but then I still don't forgive him for his role he played in that 2017 series against Ottawa when he was with Pittsburgh. I thought yeah. when he had that complete meltdown on the bench in game three with Evgeny Malkin, I was like, the Sens have him right where they want him. Yeah. These guys are in disarray. Little did I know that that type of animosity brought them together. Uh, where Phil Kessel, he is he's a spark plug out there. He's obviously not the same Phil Kessel that we know off the rush, the big shot, everything like that. He's had to switch up how he plays a little bit. He's playing a third-line role, playing with some guys who aren't always everyday NHLers. No disrespect. Michael Matteo couldn't even find a spot on the 2021 Ottawa Senators. Yeah. Let's just put that into perspective, but he's still a guy that's chugging along seven points in 20 games. He's playing under 13, which has to be a low in his career time on ice. I'm going to confirm that. Yes. Never played less than 14 minutes 
in a single game. That was when he was 19 years old, and now he's playing over a minute less per game. But I have a feeling, I have a bad feeling that tonight is the type of night and Ottawa's the type of team that's going to let Phil Kessel just pop off. So I'm going to be looking out for Phil the Thrill. Yeah, And shout out Phil the Thrill, man. A thousand consecutive games. We've heard of a thousand games before many times. Like, what should he get? Like, let's brainstorm. You get a silver stick for a thousand games. What do you get for a thousand consecutive games? I think you get a full silver kit. Helmet, gloves, shin pads, uh, skates, like the full kit. Why not? Well, how about, and especially now that he's playing with the Knights, how about literally like a knight in shining armor? Because you're an Iron Man at that point. You aren't yeah. getting hurt. No, I like that. So let's make sure that they're protected as they grow in age. You always got to take care of your, your elders, but fill the thrill, man. A thousand consecutive games. He played 1,224 in his total career. But the fact that played 223 or whatever it was, then missed one. And then he's like, no, nah, I'm not missing any more games. Forget that. Yeah, although, Ross, I think it might send the wrong message if they give him a silver knight suit. He's like, whoa, am I going down to the silver knights here? Like, what? what is this? So maybe a little, a little bit of a gray area there. But yes, it is pretty damn impressive that Phil's been able to do that. And I like, they asked him about it. And he's like, yeah, actually, I was thinking today, like, thousand straight games that is hard to do <laughs> like it's just dawning <laughs> on him now how insane that is like that's just classic phil castle he's just such a nonchalant like oh yeah i'm a professional hockey player that's that's my job that's not who i am as a person that's just what i do for work 100 percent. you want to hear the wildest stat here and we know plus minus doesn't mean that much when it comes to a totality but when so in his career against boston he's minus 31 Okay, a lot of these he's he's in the dashes. Those Leafs teams were not good that he was on. Terrible. The the best team plus minus wise that he is against any other team but Ottawa. I'm I'm serious. The best that he is against any team except Ottawa. He's plus six against a few teams. Okay, Edmonton um, plus six against Arizona as well. Only eighteen games. Of course, he played for them for a bit. He's plus twenty nine against Ottawa. Oh, man. <laughs> and then it goes all the way down to plus six. Like this guy, when he's on the ice against Ottawa, his team has great results. Uh, when when you look at it, and obviously there's that playoff series I brought up. So enough about Phil the Thrill. But when he scores tonight, I know I'm going to get some tweets like "You're such a dick. You've been doing this the last week." Oliver Wallstrom was my lookout player. He scores, and a couple other times. I don't take pride in this. Maybe a little bit. I am going to bet on Phil Kessel's score tonight with our friends at betonline.ag. What's your key to victory? And we should also mention the Vegas Golden Knights. Their record is among the best in the National Hockey League. The Vegas Golden Knights are sitting at 15-4-1, and and they're 7-2-1 and in their last 10. Must be nice. Uh, my key to victory, first off, I will be reinventing this segment for tonight's game as not key to victory because I, I don't believe there's any possible chance of victory. Um, so I'll just say key to improvement. Let's see the Ottawa Senators score unanswered goals. Like, hey, they did last time they played Vegas. Only problem was they were down 5-1 when they did it. And speaking of 5-1, the last two games in a row have been 5-1. So key to improvement Let's let's give it a try. Like let's let's just try something new and score two goals without a team scoring in between them. Let I don't know. Let's let's see if that works. Hey, we played guess the line yesterday. What do you think the line is now? We have an official one thanks to our friends at betonline.ag. My my guess was a little wrong. You said two minus two eighty, right? Yes. I'm sticking with minus two hundred. Go with your gut. 
Hey, split the difference. Minus 225 money line for Vegas tonight. Ottawa plus 201 on the money line. 201. What a weird one. Um, Wow. There you yeah, go. That's the most lopsided line of the night. What is your key to improvement, Ross? My key to improvement? I'm just going to have all eyes, and we, we, we'll do our locked-on player as well right now because it kind of ties in. The, the defensive acumen of Artem Zub, I think, needs to improve. Like that Was it the fourth goal against San Jose or the fifth one? I've lost track. There were so many. Like, I'm going to give him a pass. First game back, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, first couple games. Like, he had the one game at home, then he travels. But I'm expecting Zub to be better. I'm, I'm going to have all eyes on Thomas Shabbat. My locked-on player has to be Thomas Shabbat if he is back in the lineup, as we expect him to be. Um, that decor needs help in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Those two are are the most likely candidates to step up, and they both miss time. So if I'm going to put it together, I'll put the top pair of Shabbat and Zub as a uh, as my my look locked on players. But if I'm just doing one, it's got to be Thomas Shabbat. They just need to be smarter in their defensive zone. I know Vegas is a good team off the rush as well, so that's something to watch for. But my key to improvement uh, is stop throwing pizzas in their own zone. Just off the glass and out, off the glass and out, off the glass and out. Please just play a simple game. Key to improvement, simplify. So That's where I'm at. So we went from the Ottawa Senators having the pizza line to Ross now saying no pizzas. No, no pizzas. pizzas. Nope. And only shawarmas. Yeah, I love it. Awesome. Before we get to your lockdown player, let's run through what we expect the lineup to be. Cam Talbot looks like he's starting in goal. Only one win in five games. Well, six because he came in in relief that game that he ultimately... Was that the... No, that was the loss against... Um, earlier on in the season. Anyways, 1-4 record for Camp Talbot, 279 goals against, and a 909 save percentage. Of course, the save percentage takes a hit when you allow three goals on seven shots like he did in San Jose. But great. I, I actually like the move, even though Forsberg played well. Get him back in the net. Try to get him feeling good. You, the last thing you want to do is have a bad outing like that and then have to dwell on it. So get him back in. I'm not sure it's going to go much better today with the firepower they're facing with Vegas, but Cam Talbot gets a start. We're looking at Shabbat with Zub, Jake Sanderson with Travis Hamannick, and Eric Brandstrom with Nick Holden. If Lassie does, does play, I would expect Nick Holden to be the odd man out, and that's just my own opinion. Up front, Tim Stutzlein between Brady Kachuk and Drake Batherson. Shane Pinto. Up, thank goodness, with Alex Dabrinkit, Claude Giroux on that line as well. Derek Broussard with Tyler Mott and Matthew Joseph. And then Dylan Gambrell with Parker Kelly and Austin Watts and Mark Kastelik looking like the odd man out. I'm a bit surprised by that. I thought the, the fight gave Ottawa a bit of energy and he had some jump in his game. But looks like Kastelik yesterday at practice was the odd man out. The Senators have two wins in their last 12 games and really have play, been playing uninspired hockey the last couple, losing by a combined 10-2 to two score in their last two games. Yeah, not a math guy, but that is not great. Um, my locked-on player, Ross, also returning to the lineup, Matthew Joseph. Look, you get healthy scratch last game. I don't know what the angle is there, but the coach is trying to send some kind of message. Matthew Joseph needs, needs to be better. He just signed a big deal. He's a guy that is supposed to be kind of the offensive spark plug of this bottom six, and he just hasn't been that. So let's see if uh, having him watch a game up in the press box kind of humble him a little bit. Let's see if that lights a fire up under his ass because this bottom six has to be better, and Matthew Joseph is a big part of it. So he's my lockdown player. All right. 
Give me one prop that you're looking for. We'll go out on that. We're going to discuss it more in the postcast tonight. Make sure that if you miss it, you can download it on your way to work or whatever you're doing tomorrow morning. We're going to be live for you, but then have that cut up in audio form for you as well afterwards. Give me a prop to ride out on. Something that sends fans, because let's be honest, a win is pretty unlikely tonight, but I want any sort of win. So what's a prop that you're looking at? BetOnline.ag. I don't anticipate this prop will win, Ross, as I don't anticipate many of my uh, sports gambling ideas will work. However, let's have some fun. Let's just try to have some fun here. Eric Brandstrom, anytime goal scorer, revenge game. His first goal in the NHL in front of a crowd up against the Vegas Golden Knights that shipped him off. I mean, how how nice would that be? So that's my prop of the day. Eric Brandstrom, anytime goal scorer. I absolutely love it. Let's ride out with that. We'll see you in the postcast for Brandon Pillar. I'm Ross Levitan. Tomorrow, Oscar Pedersen returns to LOSP. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.